Spending time in classrooms is one of the most impactful ways we can support teachers and grow our schools. But all of that classroom work can result in tons of documentation that really goes nowhere. If you've got piles of sticky notes all over your desk and random collections of thoughts in all of your apps, it's time to consolidate. ConnectHub.io is a platform created by coaches for coaches. It's designed to help you organize your notes as you meet with educators and get powerful data on your impact in their classrooms. You can also use this information to support their professional learning and growth. ConnectHub.io includes great features to help you protect the coach-teacher relationship by providing different levels of account access for sharing only what you want with administrators. You can also customize reports to share specific kinds of information with your admin. This is such a great software for coaches. Check it out today at ConnectHub.io to simplify your instructional coaching with a free trial. As a literacy coach at an elementary school, I spent so much time trying to find the perfect supplemental resources for my teachers. That's why I am so excited to share a special resource with you today. Decodable texts are essential for our students who are working on mastering phonics in primary grades especially. I have come across the sweetest decodable books that I love and my kindergarten daughter loves them too. They're called Express Readers. Each book has a complete storyline, includes fun and funny characters like Bug and Duck, and the stories are engaging and increasing complexity over time, as do the words and sentence structures on each page. Sticky words are identified in each book to help children with words they aren't able to decode yet, or those with irregular spelling patterns. They're the perfect resource for giving students at your school the practice they need in applying phonics skills. Head to expressreaders.org and visit the Decodable Books page. There you can download a quick keys guide with teaching tips for each book, including teaching sticky word mapping. You can also get free sample decodables sent to your address. Head to expressreaders.org if you're building your phonics instruction and you're ready for some really great readers. You're listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast, where we believe that every teacher deserves a coach, and every coach does too. I'm Chrissy Beltran, an instructional coach, resource creator, and coffee enthusiast. And I'm your host. Stay tuned for practical tips and honest coaching talk that will help you coach with confidence. Hey, coach. We are well into our month of October, where we are digging into coaching cycles all month long. If you've been in the Facebook group, Instructional Coaching with Miss B, then you know I did my Facebook Live earlier this month about coaching cycles. And if you are not in that group and you or you missed it, definitely head to Facebook to join that group and you can watch the replay because I gave out some great ideas and answered some questions about coaching cycles. Today, we are looking in episode 168 about answering your questions. You have coaching cycle questions and I am here to answer them to the best of my ability. I am really excited to share this information with you because coaching cycles are in some schools, they are like the way that people are coached completely. And in other schools, it is like, I really wish I could find time to do these, right? <laughs> so one of the things that I want to share with you before we get started answering your questions is a free download for coaching cycles. If you head to buzzingwithmissb.com slash episode 168, you will see the show notes for this episode. So any links that I mentioned will be there. And if you scroll to the bottom, you will be able to get this free download. It is tips for helping your teachers get excited and engaged in coaching cycles. And it actually includes a colleague visit note taker, a note taker that you can use if you have a teacher visit another teacher to learn from them, as I discussed last week in um, episode 167. Uh, we 
we've talked all about how to um, get teachers to visit each other, to really learn from each other as part of that coaching cycle work. So I am going to answer about, there's about six questions, six, seven questions that I received from coaches about coaching cycles so that I could answer them in this episode. My first, the first question that I got is, how do I introduce the idea of a coaching cycle to teachers? And that's a really good question because you kind of have an idea of how you expect things to go, but they might not. And so I think that the best way personally I believe the best way to introduce it is to not introduce it as this really complicated process or anything really specific, but instead to say, whenever you hear an opportunity or whenever you get maybe at the end of a PD, there's an exit ticket where teachers have to say what they plan to implement or what questions they have. You could take those things, one of those opportunities, and you send the teacher a message or you go visit the teacher and you say, hey, I know you're working on this. I would love to help you with that. Can we set up a time so I can come start you know, having these conversations with you? I can be here tomorrow during your conference or is Thursday better? I find that giving parameters tomorrow or Thursday better is a better way than saying, when can I meet with you? Because that's overwhelming. We want to give some simple options. And that's basically how to introduce a coaching cycle. I would I would say this is the kind of support that I can provide to you once I met with a teacher and I would take a coaching menu and say, okay, these are some different things that we can do together to help you work on this concept or this idea that you're trying to implement. And then I would say after we do, like as we're talking about it, we'll say, okay, we're going to plan to do coaching work together on this day. And then why don't we talk about it again on, you know, Tuesday the next morning so we can kind of debrief about how it went and then figure out what we want to do next. I would just keep it really simple. I wouldn't introduce it as a really scary process or a big thing that teachers have to do. I don't think there's a benefit in doing that, honestly. I think it's overwhelming and I think it's um, it feels very inorganic and like you're just checking off boxes. So that's how I would introduce it. I would literally just say, hey, I know you want to work on this. Why don't we work together? And if they don't want to work on something, but they complain about something, guess what? That's what they want to work on. <laughs> so they complain and you say, I would love to help you with that. I know that's really hard. Why don't I come by your room tomorrow? And we could talk about it. There you go. There's your pre-conference. And then you go through your pre-conference, you do some classroom work together, and then you talk about how it went during your reflection. And it doesn't have to be a scary beast. It can be a simple, natural process that we can follow whenever we work with teachers. And I think that what I would introduce more formally is what kinds of support you can provide. So if you didn't do a coffee with a coach or cookies or cupcakes with a coach at the beginning of the year, and if you didn't do a um, anything like that to formally introduce your, your, your role and your, what you can actually do to support teachers, I would do that. And I would create a coaching menu that shows the different ways you can support teachers. And with those tools, I would explicitly introduce what your job is and what you're there to do and what your vision is. I actually teach teachers, coaches how to do this in both of my courses. I teach them how to do it in instructional coaching startup. And for literacy coaches, I teach them how to do it in the confident literacy coach. So from, from after that, you've introduced what you can do for teachers. It'll be a more organic conversation whenever you actually go to work with an individual teacher. Okay, so question two, how do I deal with negative teachers despite having a positive relationship with them socially? I, I know what you mean. I've seen this. Teachers who can be very friendly and perfectly nice, but then whenever it comes to the work, there's a lot of negativity about the work and about trying something new. I think that what I would do in this situation, one of the things I might do is use that positive kind of outward social sentiment that you get from them and turn it into a colleague visit. <laughs> that is 
one of my biggest go-to answers for working with a challenging teacher because a colleague visit means that you take that teacher and you put them in another classroom and they get to see some teaching happen. And they get to see teaching happen without saying, no, that won't work because, because it is working. It's right in front of them. They might still say that won't work for my kids because, and then we would say, well, how would we make it work? What do we need to change to make it work? How can I help you do that? But we definitely want to set them up to say, oh, things are possible. I could try that. And they just have to go see it happen. So that's one of the easiest ways to deal with that negativity and that person who shoots down all of the possibilities and says, that won't work. I can't do that. No, no, no. I don't want to. Or, or I just don't want to work with you. Okay. Don't work with me. Let's go see your colleague. Let's see, see like something that they've got going on. If there is something specific that needs to change, you can specifically choose the colleague who demonstrates that as a strength um, for them to visit. But if there's not, and even if there is, but they're just so resistant to everything, you could just say, what do you want to see? If you could see anything, if you could make one thing better in your classroom, if you could help, um, if you could make one change that would make you feel better by the end of the day, what would it be? And then go find the teacher who does that really well and take them to see them. That's my recommendation. We're dealing with those teachers. Show them things that are possible by getting them into other classrooms. And also you you kind of capitalize on that social goodwill. If they are socially and they're just fine, then they probably will be more likely to benefit from seeing another person because they have that social connection with other people as well. Okay, this question, question number three, the challenge I have is following up. Teachers are so busy and they don't have a lot of time. And that's a good question. Um, I actually worked, uh, I gave a podcast episode on this just a few episodes back. It was um, coaching with fewer meetings because one of the issues is getting into those classrooms to have meeting with meetings with teachers. So that's episode 165. And we, uh, in that episode, I shared mostly different technology tools that you can use to work with teachers when you don't have the time to sit with them and they don't have the time to sit with you. It kind of honors their time because they can listen to this while they're like, if you leave them a voice memo, they can listen to it while they're driving home. You know, um, they can, they can do it whenever they have a couple of minutes rather than having to have a whole special dedicated meeting time to sit with you. It's not always possible. That's just the reality of schools. It's unfortunate, but it's true. So I do recommend that you check out that episode because it'll give you different ways that you can work with teachers when you don't have the time mutually to sit together. The next question, <clears throat> um, when do I end a cycle? That's such a good question. I think this varies. I am very big on responding to teacher needs. I don't believe there is a one size fits all answer to learning. <laughs> I didn't believe that in the classroom and I don't believe it as a coach either in working with schools or teachers. I don't, I think there are some things that we can have as standard processes, but I think that we need some flexibility. And so in responding to teachers' needs, we need to end the cycle when they need us to end the cycle. And that can come at different times. One example is I was coaching somebody I had taught with her years before. She was a great teacher, but she was in a different classroom and she was with a different group of kids, a different grade level. And she was struggling to figure out how to support kids at such, there were such a wide range of levels. She was a dual language teacher. So she taught some things in English and some in Spanish. And it was just a bear figuring out how to put her schedule together and how much time to spend on different things. So I said, what do you, how do you want me to support you? Because she was a pretty um, self, pretty much a self-starter. She seeks learning out. People like that, you say, what do you want me to do? And you can give them options on your menu, but if they have an idea, go with it because they, they're, they're the self-starters. They want to learn. They're ready to go. 
So she said, I just want you, I don't want, I just want to see it. I just want to see it. I said, okay. So I modeled in her classroom for a few days. And at the end of the third day, she goes, I'm, I'm not trying to say anything bad. I just, I think I'm good. And now I want to try it. I was like, great. She ended the cycle. I was fine with that because she was confident in trying things out. She goes, I want to try it out a couple of days by myself. And then can you come back and watch me? Awesome. She set the plan. She set the tone and I followed her lead. And it was great because she was a self-starter. Some people want a cycle to go on forever because they're really nervous and afraid. And they're like, what am I going to do when you're not here? So in that case, what I would recommend is following kind of a gradual release model. So we want to do, we want to start out where you're modeling first. And so they're seeing everything happen. And then you're thinking aloud and saying, this is what it looks like whenever, this is why I'm doing this. This is, I made this decision because I see this many percent of kids are doing this or this many kids are this. So I'm going to respond in this way. Then you're going to move into co-teaching. So then they're going to have responsibility and you're gradually shifting more and more of that responsibility to them, like in the gradual release model, right? I do is the modeling we do. So we do, I do with your help and then you do with my help. We're gradually giving them more responsibility in the co-teaching model. Then you can move to, okay, I'm ready. I think, I think it's great for you to try this out yourself. You can support their planning as much as they need that. And then you're going to sit and watch. You're going to do some observing. And then you say, I think that you should take some time to try some things out without me around here, feeling like I'm like standing, breathing over your neck and like peeking over your shoulder. And I'm going to come back and check on you in a week. And so you can gradually taper off support. Again, timing. I don't have an answer in terms of days or weeks. I think some people do like six week coaching cycles. To me, that's wild. I That was not ever the structure of my school. Um, so I think the longer cycles that I did were maybe two to three weeks. And that was with interrupt, interruptions between because one day it was PLC all day meetings and another, you know, so it was not like every single day, but it was maybe three to four days a week for two to three weeks. Those were my longer cycles. My shorter cycles were two to three days <laughs> because I was getting in there doing what we need to be done and then moving out, you know, and that was not the only way I supported teachers with coaching cycles. I supported them through many, many strategies. So that is my recommendation. You end a cycle when supporting the teacher further is actually at their detriment because they need to try things out. Everybody needs to play with stuff. And so I think that we kind of have to feel it out for each teacher and say, are you ready to do this? We can ask them, are you ready? Would you like more support in this area? Or are you ready to try that out? I can come back and we can support you on something else. But if you're ready to do this on your own, I say, go for it. We sometimes have to push the little baby birds out of the nest. And we also don't want to overstay our welcome to the point, like my friend, my friend who said, I'm ready for you to go. <laughs> she said, I appreciate so much what you've modeled. It's time for me to do it on my own. She was like feeling like I am ready to teach. I need to do this. And then I want you to come back and give me feedback. We don't want to overstay the welcome to where working with us is no longer a joy. I know <laughs> in some cases, we don't even feel like working with us as a joy on the first day. But if it is a joy, we don't want to, you know, like leave them wanting more. I think that's okay. My next question is, my biggest challenge is teachers who come to see me and have meltdowns about how much they're struggling. Oh boy. Yes, I see what you're saying there. I know. And I get it. Like some, one part of our job is listening and just listening and just responding to what we hear in terms of like, I know this is a hard time and yeah, no, you're right. This is difficult. 
that is a big challenge. You know, we want to, we want to verbalize back what we hear the teacher say. However, there are a couple things to say about that. One is having a meltdown all the time is not good. Something is not right. If we're having meltdowns all the time, I don't want to say, well, maybe you don't need to be teaching anymore, but maybe it is time to do be like a different school, a different grade. Something may need to change um, because if you're having meltdowns like every other day, something's not right. We're, our home life balance, work balance, something is not happening right. We, and maybe we need to say, you know, I'm feeling like this is, is happening pretty frequently. What are you thinking about that? And maybe they can move into the next phase of whatever it is they need to come to realize about their teaching. Another thing is, <clears throat> I, of course, coaches listen, right? But we don't just listen all the time. Sometimes we need to say, look, if there's one thing I could help you with, what would it be? What is one thing that if you could change it, and it's something you can change, something is in your control. It's not parents. It's not changing the nature of children in 2023. It's something that you could change. If you could change one thing that was in your control, what would it be? What can we do? What is an actionable thing we can do? So sometimes having teachers make like a little map. Um, I actually have one in my SEL toolkit for teachers where they record things that are in my control and things that are not in my control. And then looking at those things that are, are within your purview and saying, what's one thing on this list that I can help you with? Maybe the schedule is a problem. Maybe we're not intervening well. Maybe our tier one instruction is not meeting students' needs. And that is the issue that we're having. And that's why we have to do so much intervention. What is it that we need to change? And so sometimes you can be there to support that change. And that can be the start of a way to get into the classroom and to make a positive impact. Teaching is hard. It is not for the faint of heart, unfortunately. And while coaches do have to work with a lot of the emotions of teaching and coaching, because that is just the nature of our field, you are not a counselor. You are a coach. So what does a coach do? They help people think through things. They help people work through things. So we listen and then we support. That's what we have to do. So if somebody is constantly, and if they say, no, no, it's not going to, no, really, this is telling me, like the, the fact that you're having, you know, you're, you're having a lot of feelings about this tells me that there's something that we need to do. We need to do something to support you. I am here to support you. I am your coach. It is my job. And I would love nothing more than to help you have a better day. So what can we do? Let's figure it out and write the things down and identify what's something that we can work on together and then go do that work. That's how I recommend get into a coaching cycle is what I recommend. Get into one-on-one -on -one work with that teacher because they need support in probably many different areas and you can do at least one thing. My next question is, what do you do when you feel like you're providing guiding questions, but the coachee is completely off from what you're trying to get to? <laughs> I'm going to give you a couple answers. One is the uh, correct, I'm doing air quotes, is the right answer. And the other one is my answer. <laughs> because, you know, I'm nothing if not honest and, and practical. The correct answer for many people is, why are you trying to get to something? What are you trying to get to that is that the teacher doesn't want to get to? Why are you deciding what the conversation is, right? That's what people, some people will say. And, and I see where they're coming from, right? We want the teacher to reflect and make adjustments based on their teaching and what their reflections are and their conversations with you. However, here's my, here's the rest of my answer that makes it a real answer. Sometimes you just got to tell them. <laughs> and I don't think we tell them in a way like, Look, I'm telling, what I'm trying to say is your classroom management is terrible. That's not what I'm saying. 
what I'm saying is we need to say, well, one thing we could think about is, is management. And this is just an example. I just chose management because sometimes that's one of the biggest issues, right? Um, what I'm what I'm wondering, what are some things we can do to support student management in order to make it to where you can teach these great lessons that you're teaching and kids actually benefit from these lessons? Sometimes we have to be very thoughtful about how we say something to teachers, but I do believe there's a way to say almost anything as long as we think about what it, how, what the message is that we're trying to deliver and how we can deliver that in the most respectful way possible. I don't think it's helpful or respectful to a teacher to let them suffer and struggle when they have no clue what's going on. I think that's harmful to teachers and kids. And so I think sometimes we just have to tell them, but we have to tell them in a respectful way and a supportive way that shows that we are there to help them. Another thing that we can do is we can have them visit another classroom. And I mentioned this before in this episode because I really think it's that powerful. If the teacher has no clue what you're talking about, they may not have a frame of reference and they haven't seen it. And it's very hard for the majority of people to envision something they have never seen. We see it described in PD. We read an article about it. We talk about, um, you know, what it could look like in your classroom. And then they still can't. They go into their classroom and it doesn't work. They, they can't imagine. They don't know how it even would work in there. They don't try or they think they tried, but it was so far off that it really wasn't true to what we were talking about in the first place. When that happens, they need to see it. I would take that teacher and put them in another teacher's classroom. This sometimes happens with new teachers. And it also happens with veterans who have been in their teaching bubble. And we get in our bubbles. Teachers get in bubbles and coaches do too. That's why we have this podcast, right? It's to get input from a different perspective. That's why you're listening right now. It says you want different perspectives. Teachers need different perspectives too, but it can be hard to see from those perspectives because they've been in their classroom bubble. I don't know about you, but whenever I moved out of my classroom bubble, whoa boy, were my eyes open. I was like, what is happening out here? This is crazy. And it was just very shocking in case some cases. Teachers haven't had that benefit many times. They see the kids in front of them. They don't even see their own teaching. So that's my second suggestion. Well, I guess it's really my third because my first was just tell them. You have to feel out to determine what is the best way to proceed in this area. But when you're having a reflective conversation and the person you're talking to is just like not, they're kind of like, what do you, I don't know. Or they're constantly saying things like, well, the kids, the kids, the kids, they're changing the subject. They're not really kind of thinking about the thing that you're thinking about. One, you could tell them. Two, you could have them visit a colleague. Three, you could have them record themselves on video. And then you can say, this is kind of what I was asking about the other day. Um, here, whenever you say this, this is how the students respond. And I'm wondering if that is the response that you were trying to elicit from them. And then you can ask those questions in such a way that will help teachers go, oh, no, 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 no. I, I, no, I see what you're saying. Hopefully that will shed a little light on the conversation that you're hoping to have about the teaching so that the teacher can be thoughtful about what, what changes they could make. In addition to that, um, <clears throat> we could ask them things like, okay, but what would happen if we... And then you just fill on the blank with whatever the thing is that you want to get at and see how they respond. Sometimes they just don't have a, some people do not think big. And so the changes that they might make are small because they're stuck within a structure. So you might say, let's just do a thought experiment. Like my guest Lindsay said during my, um, during September PLC month, <laughs> let's just do a thought experiment. And talk about what would happen if, and you do your thought experiment and you just kind of 
paint the picture and discuss with them what that would be like. Another interesting thing that I've heard, and I don't know if it completely addresses this question because I'm not exactly sure the nature of the conversation, but I was listening to, I listened to podcasts for business owners as well. And one of them was talking about how the questions she's asking herself, this was um, actually Jenna Kutcher, uh, the Gold Digger podcast. She was talking about what if it were easy? So sometimes we make things really impossible and really hard. And what if we let that, like, it was just easy to do. What would it look like? How would we do this in the easiest way possible, in a simple way? It doesn't have to be as complicated as we're making it. So that's another way to think about that. I don't know how helpful that last one is, but the other three, I think are pretty good. My last question here is how do I start coaching cycles with resistant teachers? And that's a really good question. I have a couple of different options for you here. One, don't start with the coaches that are resistant. And I know that may not be the what the question is asking. They're asking how to start them with resistant teachers, not how to start with only resistant teachers. But one thing to think about is make sure that you have done coaching cycles with teachers who are happy to have you around. I call them the friendlies. We want to start with them because we can't start with resist, resistant teachers because we just create more resistance. If we are forcing people into stuff, especially right at the beginning, people don't want us around. So that's one thing to consider. Another option is actually one of the options you can grab in that free download that I mentioned a minute ago, buzzingwithmissb.com slash episode 168. You can grab a free download that will help you come up with a couple different ways to actually reach teachers where they are and use coaching cycles as a way to support them in something they want to work on. So if a teacher is super resistant, I want the world to be their oyster. Let's let it be easy. If it were easy to work with me, what would we work on? Right. And we can do that by saying, OK, what is an area you would like to grow in and getting everybody to set their little goal and collect their little goal? This is the idea that's in the free guide. Collect their little goal. And then you look at it and you say, I can help. I would love to help you with that. Sure. We're working on SOR and we are talking about how to align our instruction uh, K5. But you want to talk about um, graphic organizers. Great. You know what? I love graphic organizers and I would love to work with you on that. So we want to make it easy for them to work with us because they have spent some time making everything really hard for themselves, right? They're putting up walls, they're resisting, they're uncomfortable with people and they don't want support. So let's make it easy. Because the thing is, the truth is we can't stick with the people who are excited about us forever. We need to do that at first to practice a little bit and to get good at it. And then we obviously need to continue to support those people, but we can't only support those people. We can't go, oh, those people don't want me around. That's okay. I'm just going to work with the people who want me. No, that is not usually our job. Some schools, I guess it is, but in no school that I've ever worked out was that okay because change needed to happen and kids deserved it. So we have to figure out ways to get into those tricky classrooms. And one of those ways is saying, what do you want to work on? Work on what is something you're interested in learning about? If you could do anything in your class, what would it be? And then you are right there to help them. Another way to do this <clears throat> is to say, to listen to the complaints and turn that complaint into coaching support. So a teacher is complaining about her students. Oh my gosh, they do not stop talking while I give directions. I give directions. And then as soon as I'm done giving directions, they're going, Miss, what's this? What's this for? Right? How many times have we heard this? You could say, oh man, that would drive me bonkers. I know I've had classes that did that too. I would love to work with you on that. And we could kind of figure out maybe there's something that we could do. Um, why don't I come by tomorrow during your conference? And again, you set the parameters. You give them a couple of choices. You don't give them the, op the choices to say no isn't isn't really put out there. Some teachers, there are some pretty brave people and they will say, no, thanks. 
But a lot of teachers will be like, okay. <laughs> and now they know that they opened the door for that conversation, right? Because they're complaining. So you say, I would love to come by. Let's Can I come by tomorrow and we can talk about that? And then when you come by tomorrow, you don't come with all the answers because they don't want to hear your answers. Some people do want to hear your ideas. Those independent learners, they want to say, what do you know that might help me? What do you know that might help me? Maybe somebody has an idea that I haven't thought of. The resistant teachers, they don't want to hear it. They want to hear what they can do coming out of their own mouth. <laughs> and so then you have a conversation. Let's, you know, what could we do? Let's, let's get some ideas here. And the classroom work that you offer could be visiting another classroom. It could also be video coaching where you say, you know what? I'm just going to record the kids because maybe the teacher is like really paranoid about that. Resistant teachers are often very uncomfortable with being recorded because it's like scary. It's scary to all of us. Um, but until they get comfortable with it, we have to make it easy, right? So let's just record the kids and let's like, you'll be, we'll hear your directions and then we'll see what the kids did. And then that might give us an idea about how to reframe how we're giving directions based on the way the kids responded. Let's make it easy for those resistant teachers to work with us, right? Let's not overwhelm them, overwhelm them with a six week coaching cycle on something we choose. Let's make it easy. That's my biggest advice <laughs> for that. So those are the questions that I was asked this year about coaching cycles. There were different versions of these questions, but they kind of conglomerated into something along those lines. And um, I want you to grab that free download at buzzingwithmissb.com slash episode 168. I hope this was helpful to you. Maybe you had some of these similar questions. Um, and if you still have more questions, definitely head to Instructional Coaching with Miss B, the Facebook group, because we're talking about coaching cycles all month long. Next week, we're going to talk to a coach in the field about her coaching cycles. We're going to troubleshoot what's happening a little bit, do some problem solving. And so I want you to listen in because this might be the answer to your coaching cycle quandaries. So check it out in uh, episode 169, Coaching Cycles, a coaching call. And until then, happy coaching. Thank you for listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast. Want more coaching ideas? Check me out at buzzingwithmissb.com and on Instagram at buzzingwithmissb. If you love the show, share it with a coach who would love it too, or leave me a review on iTunes. It's free and it helps others find this show. Happy coaching. <laughs>